Welcome to the Duck Express Podcast, which is not really so. Oh, we're duck podcasting? Apparently. Apparently. Okay, so voicemail. Uh, yes. Voicemail is now voicemail. <laughs> uh, what were you doing? Were you just, like, trying to write it down while thinking about I something else? I was talking else? to Eden about, like, um, I don't know, he was talking about his North Star failure, because he, like, for some, somehow he, like, he was configuring his phone while we, he, like, had us on park, and then he reconfigured the park time, and then it exploded, so then I was like, oh, that's a fail, and I was like, voicemail, and it was like, voicemail! <laughs> and then I walked in, I saw voicemail, and I'm like, oh, what? Voicemail. Yeah. Anyway, so that, what were we doing? We were writing the script for Joel's new voicemail. Yes, Greeting. and now it's excellent because it's like, <laughs> unfortunately we are unable to reach him. At should, we, uh, should we call and right now and then just oh, try it out? Yeah. Let's do it. Checkmark. Uh, what else have we been doing today? We rhinoed it up. This is mine, right? Yeah, so we, we uh, basically uh, future shop at a web only deal, and um, basically the rhino's for $169, right? $169? Yeah. And uh, basically, if you haven't heard about the rhino, it's like a crazy like GPS with GMRS radio built in. The awesome part is it does integrate everything together. You can send location reports and stuff like that. Apparently, it has capability for short messagings, but like we haven't been able to figure that out. It's not in the menu, as described in the menu. Man manual. Well, it's in the other version, right? It seems to be some sort of new software update that isn't compatible with the hardware we have. Probably because they're refurbished and so they're older models, but. Uh, we're going to see if we can try and brick it anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing I noticed is nowhere on this product does it say it's refurbished. Like, it looks like an absolutely brand new product. Uh, we are suspecting it had something to do with, you know, the mic gain issues. It's also entirely possible that, you know, FutureShop by definition calls it a refurbished product, but it might have just been that they, you know, had them in stores and then they need firmware updates, and then so they went, you know, yoinked them out of the stores and firmware updated them. You know. mm -hmm. So anyways, it's, it's still an excellent price for what you're getting. Uh, there was a number of pocket GPSs. They did have them on sale, some E, not E-Treks, but uh, just color Garmin ones. Uh, they were comparable. Uh, they had them on sale for about $170. So, mm -hmm. But, I mean, these are great for walkie-talkies. I think that sending feature is very neat. It'll actually keep track of your friend when you upload it into your computer, so you can see where, like... I can just upload my data and see where Kevin went, um, and I'd be curious to see if you had maybe like, you know, four of them, if you could see the tracks of everyone, that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, it saves it all into track, and then so you basically you have a, a active log, and then it also has uh, simultaneous logs at the same time, so you can bring it in. I used a program called Easy GPS, which apparently is free. And it blew and then, up and didn't work. Well, actually it worked. It worked. It just doesn't give you a detailed mapping built in. But if you save it as a GPX file, and you can open it using Google Earth, and then... Well, and actually, it looks like Google Earth has built-in support for GPSs. For a long time, Google Earth, you required some sort of pro license to uh, interact with your GPS, either live or even just for transferring into the KML. 
but it looks like it's fully supported. The Pro version, which is about $400, seems to be only for uh, you know newsrooms and stuff. If you want to get the high quality, uh, you know, pre-buffered images and all this for uh, capturing the videos, etc. Hmm, yeah, I mean, I haven't been, I haven't tried it out yet. I'm actually trying to. I can. I have my crazy little Microsoft Surfstar 3 based uh, GPS, USB GPS. So it supports any NMEA device. Does it support any other protocols or the Google Earth? Yeah. Uh, it supports some other protocol. It doesn't seem to support all of them, but it supports another one. Yeah, the NMEA 0183, I think, is the industry standard GPS protocol that most receivers support. Of course, if you get a Garmin, it'll have its proprietary Garmin interface, but you can still do a menu selection to bring it back to uh, industry standard NMEA output. That, that's good. Yeah. Anyways, I'm looking forward to using it on my holiday, and I can track all the places I go in the U.S., and mm -hmm. mark waypoints, etc. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the, the uh, main disadvantage, disappointment to some people is that it doesn't have automatic homing. It's not a homing device. It won't send out beacons every so often. That is a restriction of the FRS, GMRS, unlicensed service. You can't have unattended transmissions on that band. So Right. But it is, uh, you know, if you're making frequent uh, transmissions, it does transmit... Uh, just by doing a, a key down on the PTT, you know, by making a, a transmission or a call, it does send the GPS data with it. Yeah, so it will update once every 30 seconds if it has if required. Yeah. yeah. So it, you know, that's pretty that's pretty good then. And we were testing it on our bikes. Uh, probably if you're just walking around, it'd probably be a little more effective because you can't really track people when they're moving at you know 30, 25 kilometers an hour. Um, but it, it still worked quite well, and you could. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I, for some reason, I just find it very fascinating to see where, you know, on a map, where exactly you've gone. I think it's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. um, uh, well, basically, with these devices have been around since a while. These models have been around since 2002, the one that, the ones right. that we have. We've been interested in these, but at that price point, it was 300 some per unit, and really, that's not the best price. I don't know if I want to take a chance on that. Uh, you can still get the modern versions with color screen, color backlight, and all that for 500, 600 bucks. But, but yeah, these are the basic models which have come down in price, especially at this Future Shop Web Only deal. Right, I think and it's enough. And the nice thing is that I, I think that, um, you know, they're not, they're cheap, but they're not, you know, well, they're inexpensive, but they're not cheap. You know, Garmin is obviously has put a lot of work into this product. It's a high quality product. It, they're worth about $250 plus, but it's just a very good deal right now at Future Shop Web only. Yeah, uh, we so went through the, yeah, earlier we went through the reviews on this device and we're kind of disappointed because a lot of people had some major complaints about it and firmware and the fact that you couldn't transmit using GRMRS, you could only use FRS to transmit data. But apparently this has been fixed in later firmware updates and these models that we received do have the newest firmware for this the hardware model, which is the 3.90. Right. Apparently, the if you have a 2006 model Rhino 130 or 120, I think, we have the 120 models, um, they will have a version 5 series software firmware, which apparently that, that model will support sending messages and all the fun stuff. Right, so that's pretty good. And I think we'll test that out a little bit later if we can, or if we decide to risk the bricking that it warns you about. Um, other things, uh, I just find that the integration of all the features is very good. Uh, it has some nifty little games and stuff for, as well. You can uh, uh, you can save. Uh, what can you do here? There's different games that you can play with the GPS. Like if you want to 
do clothesline or assimilation or beast hunt. Yeah. Well, these are these are team games basically. And right. Sometimes these yeah. really make you regret not buying a billion and giving them to every nearest right. person ever. Right. It'll so. be pretty neat for you know. And actually, uh, if they work, you know, they seem to be working okay in a building. But for example, if you're at a school, um, it would actually be quite useful. You know, if you need to check the st your location within the school, uh, you know, during an event or whatever, where are you? Because that off actually happen off off happens quite often, Kevin, where I'm like... You What's just, your like, 20? Well, what, you just, like, disappear for, like, half an hour because you were ended up talking with, um, with uh, Alan, and it's just sort of like, oh, you know, it might be nice to just be like, oh, you're in this room. And actually, you could probably download a map yeah, you can you can make map. Garmin maps, and you, yeah. uh, like obviously they want you to buy them, but there are a ton of uh, tools around that let you make Garmin maps. Obviously, because Garmin GPSs are very popular, right? So people have you so know reverse engineered the protocol and all that stuff. So. so that might be neat. You could probably put your well, I guess if you don't, if you just have a small house or whatever. But if you had a giant house, that'd be like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a school, even on campus if they work on. We'll have to test the range. We haven't done any real range testing. Yeah. I mean, some people were really like unimpressed by the radio. I was. I think the RF is, is good for consumer-grade GMRS exactly. radios. Like I've been yeah. used to dealing with commercial Motorola radios. Maybe it's not at that point, but it's not bad at, at all. Uh, I'm surprised the data was able to make it through interference, for example, if I got separated from Joel, which I did try at least once this evening, and it was still able to receive an update, even through all the crackling noise. So that's that's uh, very good. Mm -hmm. So it, it has a resilient codec, I suppose, that that's using. It's, it's proprietary, however, if you're doing just pure voice, it will it is compatible with all uh, FRS, GMRS radios out there. Uh, however, it only supports the subaudible tones for squelching. It doesn't support the new digital code squelches that some newer radios support. Which is fine, though. Everything's backwards compatible. I think the reason why they, they uh, developed the, this model is so that um, it was compatible with consumer-grade radios, because uh, Garmin also makes a special uh, homing device which operates on the business band, and that does automatically send out beacons, because on the business band there are no such uh, restrictions. The business band, in fact, allows data use. Right, so that's good. Uh, other new things, uh, I've been revising Joel.ca. It's still under construction a little bit, but I have reskit theme today. Uh, and we'll be looking forward to integrating Joel Video, a bit new Joel Gallery, and uh, some different, uh, you know, demonstrations of my various activities and jobs uh, for interested employers, etc. Uh, so you can look forward to that if you're at all interested, which you most likely are not. Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess this is the first Doug podcast we've made since you finished school since officially. Since three, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is a, a, a one of those what do we call them? It's Duck, Duck Express. Express. Duck Express Duck podcast. Express episode twelve one. Yeah. Well, basically, uh, usually we, we go by, uh, you know, better sound through trial and error, and I have obtained new sound equipment, like a new compressor well, and, and stuff like actually, that. actually, this is Duck and Express. Duck Express. Duck Express. Yeah. This Duck is Express, an improvement. Yeah. For Duck Express, we usually do record on random handheld IC voice recorders. Now, earlier I mentioned on the last Duck Express that we made, I used the crazy Sony IC recorder that I had last time. However, my biggest gripe with that one, it didn't have USB support. So, basically, it was just like a digital storage 
medium, which you would have to re-record back to your computer in real time. In That's analog. really annoying, right? Yeah. However, these ones are USB, plug it in, software, instant wave file, and you can work with it that way. So, yeah, so I'm thinking it has been, yes. higher, it's still better sound quality through trial and error. Yeah. It was 25 bucks, Zellers is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and I bought, I finally bought a camcorder at Zellers. Uh, the the Canon ZR900. Um, I $167, which is again, it's a $350 product uh, for $167 at Zellers. I think we sort of had a big discussion about this. How basically Zellers shouldn't really be. Well, a lot of these stores have just sort of. I think it's partly Walmart has really overcome many of these stores in many different markets, etc. So like the department stores are really trying to spread out. Yeah. They were, well, the earlier they did, but now they're, they're really they're realizing that, you know, really they're not going to compete against like, well, and especially consumer electronics. How can, how can Zellers compete with Future Shot, you know? So they're selling off, anyways, I bought a ZR900. Uh, I'm very impressed with it so far. I haven't done a ton of tape recording, most of capturing via Firewire. I really like that it has a mic port built in. Um, a lot of the consumer, lower-end consumer camcorders don't have that, so that was a real nice bonus because, uh, especially if you're going to synchronize uh, FireWire cameras, um, you know, you need that audio sync. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, if you try to use an external audio device going into the computer, it really doesn't work that well. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's been pretty good. I still have to do some more testing with that, but uh, maybe we'll be seeing a little more Joel video from that as well. You want to discuss a bit about QLab, the new version of QLab? Oh, uh, as well, QLab version 2 uh, came out actually back in January. I just didn't know about it because it's a totally new version, so it's, uh, you it's know, not it's, part of the it's update not part stream. of the software update stream, right? So, um, New features include uh, dynamic, you know, they give you a timeline of your audio, so it's way easier to do audio fades and all that. Um, integrated camera support, so you can just throw in any USB firewire camera. It, I did notice that it seems to support USB as well. I, I think I still need to confirm that. Um, and then also uh, full quartz composition. That is one of the things that people really liked about it, is you could throw in quartz compositions. And this allows you to do overlays on cameras and video with quartz composition. And also, they've really improved video performance. Uh, previously, I believe they were using some sort of QuickTime uh, toolkit to do all that sort of thing. And they've cert now switched to uh, quartz. I believe. I still have to sort of figure all that out, but it definitely is... So Quartz is more real-time? Quartz is a real-time. It's built in. You know, QuickTime is definitely an aging technology. Leopard's, Snow Leopard is supposed to address the age, you know, the aging part of this, you know, totally, total rewrite of the QuickTime engine uh, to bring it up to date uh, to modern standards. Um, but the course is definitely uh, designed to be much more real-time, and so that should be a great improvement for QLab version 2. Um, there also is a slight licensing change. It's still free. Uh, the but base, it's modular now, or? Well, uh, they've actually just changed most of the plug-in layout. You definitely get a lot more features, obviously, in the free version. Um, and you can still demo, uh, you know, uh, all your, it comes with all the plugins. So if you want to try out cameras, you can. But after you save, you can't reload a saved uh, workspace. Well, you can reload it. It's just, it, you know, it's not going to allow you to play back uh, any cues that aren't licensed. But what's really neat is they're offering a license rental program. You can buy licenses, but I think they're about uh, three or four hundred dollars. Like, they're not cheap um, because, you know, it's, uh, it's theater technology, but whatnot. But 
um, for people on a budget, you can program your show, of course, you know, and uh, and then when you're ready to do the show, you can rent the license for a uh, dollar or two a day, depending if you have education discount or not. Um, and then you're set to go. You can play for whatever, how many days you rented it for. And uh, it's great because, you know, a lot of times you just need to, to work for one day or whatever, and and you're good to go. So. But the free edition still lets you queue up sound oh, yeah, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, sound files. In fact, there's a lot of uh, new features that uh, uh, even all the free users will definitely take advantage of. Okay. So, so basically, I'm hoping that, maybe, you know, trying to start using crazy handheld recorders to increase the... The quantity podcast. of duck podcasts yeah. that occur because we keep putting it off because usually it's such a hassle to set it up and it, doing it professionally. Well, but, and right? we, we've been talking about this for a long, long time, but basically uh, we could do it over the phone by recording on both ends and then uh, merging the two audio files uh, into one after, you know, we could email each other the audio file and then uh, from each conversation so that, and the phone is obviously in real time, so then you'd be able to, uh, you know, keep the conversation going and then have the full quality when you combine uh, it in the end yeah 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 which is interesting because not a lot of people have employed that technique but i think it would probably work quite well so i guess it, you, then you would need to have the full recording studio on both ends which is you know a little bit tricky you got that we have that so we're good to go do you have any thoughts about my eddie roll that you board uh, i've yet to test that uh, I ha you sold me a bunch of uh, RCA to TS adapters, which I still need to plug into the, uh, the Vestax. Vestax yeah. uh, the little DJ mixer that I got, well, temporary loan, infinite loan, infinite loan. Uh, from Kevin. Uh, but that will allow me. What I plan on doing is set. There's a queue out, which is basically a, a second. You know, it's an augs out, but it's just you know a monitor of the whole mix. So that'll go to my second amplifier. And then um, I'll use the effects bus to send to my firewire camera. Um, and then for audio devices, I'll have something, something. I'll have something that I can put in, uh, something that I can, you know, like a preamplifier, either M-Audio or Eddie Roll for testing. And then that line out as a, amp, a preamp for uh, microphones. Uh, and then that can go right into uh, the mixer and then be sent through the FX sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always been a battle with Firewire versus USB. Joel loves Firewire. I love USB. You know, it's definitely, I, I tested out just briefly the Eddie Roll, and there's a huge difference. I mean, you're getting so much clearer audio out of that. Um, the trick, obviously, is just to get the compression and everything right, but you can tell it's it's a huge difference. Uh, and I, I definitely like just this plug-and-play, but... You know, that's, you know, I don't need to buy new, new yeah, audio. Device. Yeah, I think we covered the editor roll a bit in the previous duck yeah. podcast, so you can reference that if you like. Yeah. We actually did use it to record a duck podcast at some point, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, we need to change the uh, frequency for Duck Radio from 107.3 to 107.9 because a new station in Edmonton has been licensed to operate on 107.1, and I don't want to be too close to that, so I'm going to operate the edge of the band. Yep. Yeah. Oh, actually, another RF developments. I did get my first radio license from Industry Canada. Yeah. You know, my two radio, radio licenses. It's a shared non-interference basis, but nevertheless, for commercial licenses, you throw money at them, they give you paper back, and they won't attack you. So. Exactly. 
So we're going to go with the GTX. Mm-hmm. You could go to, go to the mountains and not be afraid. I mean, Rhino versus GTX, eh. But, yeah, okay. So, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, this is a really impromptu tea party we're having at this moment. It was yeah, kind of like, oh, um, going to mess with the rhinos. We ordered again. the rhinos together on off the Future Shop store, and so then Kevin was delivering it to my house, and then I just sort of drove over here, so. Yeah. Anyway, this has been episode 12-1 of um, the Dark Podcast Express. Podcast Express. Let's call this GPSing. Okay. I'm Kevin Lau. And I'm Joel Adria. <laughs>